You know, a lot of us have uh, have learned to keep little power packs when we go on vacation. So if our, if our iPhone runs low, then we can plug it back in and charge it up. And, and a lot of people, a lot of people who, who can afford it and who are lucky enough to get them, put uh, some of these uh, Tesla power walls at their house to, to make up for shortfalls in energy. But why not municipalities? Why not entire operating systems do that? That's exactly what Vistra has done. Vistra, of course, is is, is Irving-based, and it's the state large, state's largest power generator and one of the largest power generators in the United States. But they've just opened up a brand-new energy storage facility in Granbury, the de Cordova Energy uh, Storage Facility. Kurt Morgan, CEO of Vistra, and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Well, it's great to be here, and it's great to talk about this uh, this project. It's uh, I think it's an innovative project and gives a little bit of glimpse into the future. But it's good to good to be on with you, David. I enjoy uh, your 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 show, and, and I look forward to talking to you about this. Well, I always enjoy talking to you because I I really think you're always always a step ahead. I remember, I don't know if it was the last time we spoke, we were talking about, you have done this in California, right? You have a, a, a gigantic storage facility out there. So give me the premise. Is the same, I mean, in a sense, is it the same thing as me having one of those power packs in, in case my, my iPad runs out of juice? Yeah, it is. It, 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 it is essentially is the same thing. It's, uh, you know, you've heard of lithium and lithium ion batteries, that's what we're using. It's just, we're, we are putting together um, just like a server room that you'd have for computers. The, there are racks and racks of batteries that are then linked together. And they, and they work together with an operating system that dispatches you know, both the storing of power and then the release of power. And it's fascinating, you, you, know, you mentioned this California project we have it's now going to be up to 750 megawatts and that's that's a, an enormous amount of batteries uh, and has a ch- has the possibility to go two times that and we're the, we're the, that's going to be the largest battery installation is now and will be in the world um, and batteries are going to play a big role I think in the future in supplying um, you know the necessary electricity to ultimately, I guess, electrify the economy. So is this one of those things that you build and you hope you never have to use? But but if we have, you know, some sort of a situation like uh, they've been talking brownouts here lately because of uh, push on the grid or or uh, Lord help us, something like a winter a couple of years ago. It can be, but you know, the one thing it, it can be used every day. And I'll tell you, here's the scenario that's happening in California, but also it's happening in Texas. You get a lot of, um, uh, you know, solar. And when the sun starts to go down, then the solar uh, begins to reduce in the amount of output. And you can bring these on, these batteries on instantaneously. And we're seeing that the evening peaks, uh, the peak power demand is now coming in the hours uh, between 6 and sort of 9 p.m. Uh, as the sun sets. And in order to meet that demand, you can then um, store the power with cheap energy during the day using uh, excess power from solar panels. And then you can release it at night when there's a peak when the solar panels go off. So they work very well 
with solar. And I think that's, you know, and, and, and I think you'll use it on a daily basis, you'll really? store and release on a daily basis. So it's, it's, it's a fascinating part of the electric grid that's beginning to grow. Well, I mean, it depends on how big a power pack I carry around, but it may only be able to give me enough juice for my phone to get a half charge. What about these? How, how much energy for how long can you get? I noticed in fact, the, the one, I think the one you just built, it says has enough power, electricity power for approximately 130,000 30, homes. But for how long? That's right. For how long? So in, in, that, in that case, um, and we did this specifically for a reason, it's a one-hour uh, battery. So it can, it can release power for an hour. And the reason we did it that way for this particular set of batteries is that what this battery installation is, it, it is paired with some existing uh, gas-fueled generation that takes time to start. And so what we, when we put those two together, we end up with an instantaneous start, uh, a power plant that can run for as long as uh, the demand is there for it. And that's a product that ERCOT is looking for because as wind will drop off very quickly, solar will drop off quickly, they need something that can come on instantaneously and then stay on. And, th and when we paired that with these other assets, that's what we got. In California, it's a little bit different. Those are four-hour release batteries. And, you know, the reason we did it that way is that they can get you through the evening peak. So there's different uses for these batteries. Um, and in, in the case of Texas, in de Cordova, it's largely to bridge the gap until the gas fuel generation can, can, can run. So how do you figure out where to put these things is it where you can because i mean it's it, it's a pretty big footprint i the aerial photo i saw looks like it sort of looks like a walmart shipping facility on the weekend when when all of the the, the trailers are sort of lined up you see them from the air uh, yeah. but you need a pretty big footprint you do, um, you know, and, and I think you're right. Um, you know, I we have the one in California has one particular installation with with about the same many batteries. That's a football field uh, and a little bit more than that, and three stories, uh, three stories full of batteries. Um, so you do need a decent footprint. So here's here's what we're doing, which I also think is is uh, unique. We're taking old sites that ha used to have uh, either coal facilities or oil and gas facilities. And we're putting it, we're putting these right back on those sites. So we're reclaiming the, the site and we're using the existing transmission infrastructure so that you don't have to build no, more power lines. And we're bringing property tax base back into the community and construction jobs. And so we, we had this idea a few years ago that why should we just completely walk away from these sites with uh, old generating plants? Let's go ahead and clean these sites up and let's put batteries and solar on them. And that's what we're doing. And, and, and the other thing about those sites is they have, they have a, a tremendous amount of land and they're usually in places where, you know, there's other industrial um, uh, investments. So it's not like you're putting it in the middle of somebody's backyard well so, and, and so it's it already really it's already near some place that has must have some fairly dense population so you don't have to 
transport the energy very far. Well, and it, it has the and it has the, the transmission line, so it's usually on the outskirts of a like a like the particular one in California is on the outskirts of San Francisco and that whole Bay Area. Uh, in this case, as you know, De Cordova is in the you know North Texas area where there's a lot of demand, and so um, yes, these sites are generally on the outskirts of a metropolitan area where there's a large demand. So, are you going to do more of this? Is this you've alluded to a project that you're working on to build to build several of these yeah we're going to do a lot more of these um, you know we've got another one um in texas that we want to do in the next couple of years that's similar to de cordova um and then out in california as i mentioned we've got uh, so we built 400 megawatts we're going to build another 350 and then probably double that we've got another site in california that we're going to put about 80 megawatts and then another one of 600 and and california needs it bad because they have an excess amount of solar and then the last thing is we just we, we've got a number nine different projects in the state of illinois where we're going to put batteries and solar so you know we're putting billions of dollars into this transition uh, to cleaner energy we still have our other assets though because they're going to be needed as well um, but in order to have a reliable grid, but we're, we're definitely spending a lot of money to transition our company. Okay. Now let me ask the naive question. then. so how do you get your money back? So you, you sell electricity to the system in, into the grid. So there's multiple ways. Um, but that's one of them. Um, you know, we sell to the wholesale, uh, electric market. The other way we do it, David, in Texas is we sell to our retail affiliate. And so, you know, we have uh, TXU Energy, uh, Ambit, um, you know, a number of different brands in, um, in, you know, for change, a number of different brands in, in Texas. And so we can contract with our uh, retail uh, entity at market prices. We can sell into the wholesale market with that. We can also bilaterally do contracts with large customers, which we do all the time. Um, and in the case of uh, California, we have a contract with the, with the uh, large uh, regulated utility there, PG&E. Uh, and in the state of Illinois, um, we have contracted essentially with the state and they're paying, uh, paying us uh, to, to build those as well. And then we keep the energy revenues. So, yeah, there's multiple ways to do it. Um, the good news is, is you know, mo most of all of this is going to be contracted for, which gives you stable, um, you know, earning stream. Uh, and, um, you know, so it, it, we, we like the way that this is uh, the commercial side of this is set up. So are you regulated? But can you go into any market you want to and do this? Any market that you think where you can find the right facility and, and, and have the, the, the right demand? So in, in the U.S. right now, there's a number of, um, uh, of states and regions in the country that are competitive, which means you can go in and do all this and, and you sell it and get paid, um, you know, based on competitive market rules. In some of the country, uh, in the southeast, for example, uh, it's still re you know, completely regulated. Okay. However, we could we can go into Georgia or Florida and build this and then sell the output to the regulated utility there. So, you know, you can go pretty much everywhere in the country. We have predominantly stayed in the markets where it's competitive. You know, that's what we do. That's what we're good at. Yeah. So all of the different states and, and, and regions of the country where we 
have investments are are markets that have opened up for competition. So that's fascinating. So is this a competitive what you're doing right now seems pretty leading edge. Is is it a crowded field or others doing this? Oh yeah, there there's a lot of people um you know and there's a lot of money going into this right now. Um, because obviously uh, the the whole environmental, social, and governance, the ESG um, investment that you're seeing, you know, in, in the financial markets. So there's a lot of money um, going into it. The, the difference, though, David, is that you know a lot of p- people that are going into this. They really don't understand the markets. They you know they haven't done this like we have for over right. 100 years. And and so it's going to what most of those people will do is develop the project and sell it to someone like us. But yes, there is a lot of competition. Uh, our company, the good news is, is you know our company is very well skilled in in uh, development and construction, and then also in commercial operations. And then we're very good at maintaining and operating these types of facilities. So you know we feel like we have an advantage. And then of course we have these great sites in Texas and elsewhere that used to have the old generation facility. Right. So we have some of the best sites in every state that we're in. I think this is just fascinating. And it's really fascinating watching, of course, the roots, everybody, you know, investor go back to Texas utilities. So you see the transition that uh, Kurt Morgan is sort of taking this company through. And it, it's fun to watch. And, and it'll be fun to uh, keep up with you at least for another couple of months that you're, you're retiring. You're retiring first of August. Yes. First of August. All right. And Jim, Jim Burke, who, uh, it has been my number two since I got here, and, and a friend of mine. We worked together previously. Uh, Jim's got his roots and has in North Texas and Dallas area for many years. Uh, and David, I know he'll be more than happy to come on and talk to you. He's a great guy. Um, it's his turn and his time, and I'm, I'm really excited for him. And the company is as strong as it's ever been. You know, we came through uh yuri and 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 we actually got stronger uh, which is a test of testament to the the people in this company that have just done a tremendous job it is we we look forward to talking with him and keeping up with this this project and you're not going to become a stranger either kurt morgan the ceo of vestro we always enjoy our conversations thank you very much sir thank you i appreciate it thanks a lot for more of our conversation Go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.